Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your mega preview pod for this week's John Deere Classic on a Wednesday. Storylines, best bets, one and done. Let's see who I've assembled here. Oh, Mark Gimmelman is here. Hello, Mark. Hello, guys. Happy belated 4th of July and to all of the fans. I uh, hope you all had a blessed holiday and some time off. Now they're back at work, Mark, and they're probably watching on YouTube right mm. now from their cubicles. Yeah, boy. Well, I'm in my little cubicle here. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I don't think any work gets done on the, if you, if you start your work week, Greg, Greg Ducharme, on Wednesday, no work gets done. You just, just punt this week. This is get through, this is a get through it day, right? That's the feel. If you're going into a cubicle, sitting down, tuning into the first cup podcast is like a must. I mean, it might be scheduled by the company. Riddle me this. How after a day off am I so tired? I mean, I'm absolutely exhausted. (laughs) How's that work? It's got to be your... I don't know. Some days off are more exhausting sometimes. Yeah, they are. Right? You get a good... If it's a good one, you should be more tired. (laughs) That's me. It must have been a good one. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Kyle Porter, it's your KP. Hello to you. Hello. Uh, Yeah, I... I think I think it's I think it's getting out of your routine. I think your routine keeps you like the parameters around your routine keep you grounded and and energized. And to get outside of that is just kind of like a shock to the system. Yeah, I see where you're going there. You're right about that. I feel, I feel I'm feeling you. Why? You know how big routine is, Mark. Oh, Lee, no kidding. <laughs> I've, I've got my bag sort of, I, I, I can pack my bag with eyes closed now on a Thursday afternoon for a Friday morning departure. Yeah, I know. Well, we've got a little bit of a news roundup here. We'll get to the storylines around the John Deere. We'll get to our best. We'll get, get to our one and done. But there is a very iconic golf course that will be in prime time television for your viewing pleasure. That golf course, of course... Kyle Porter is Pebble Beach. Have you heard of it? Number one. I thought that was going to be a TPC Deer Run joke. No, <laughs> not good enough to do that. The setup, the setup was just it was right there. Yeah, fired up. US Women's Open. Uh, we've got a I, I think I was reading about it today, and I think having a sort of tiger-like figure now is it, it just makes everything else um, work, you know, and I'm not saying that Rose is going to end up having Tiger's career. I don't think anybody is saying that, but she's the most compelling person in golf, I think, in women's golf since Michelle Wee, probably. And I don't think there's anybody that would say that she's less talented than Michelle Wee. I think most people would say she's actually more talented and has – a better pedigree and better resume. And 
that you get Pebble, you know, I think the thing about Pebble is you get it with equipment that it was created for, right? Uh, on on or not equipment, but the, like the style of play on the women's side that it was kind of created for. I think you're going to get a more strategic course. You get rows. You get uh, it, it's it's I my favorite women's event all year is the U.S. Women's Open, and I don't envision this year being any different. I think it's going to be awesome. So you're telling me then that I'm going to be spared Twitter telling me how bad Pebble Beach is as a golf course, uh, as it normally is during the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro, huh? I think Pebble's fine. I, I, yeah. I, I think Rick and I had this conversation in LA, you know, should it be in the US Open, like in the men's rota? I don't know. I, 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 think, I think I'm fine taking it out. Uh, it, it, I don't know. Some of it is just overexposure, right? I think it's fun to go to Shinnecock every once every five years with Pebble. It's like, Oh my gosh, we seems like we go there a lot. And it's gotten, I think the consensus among like architecture nerds is it's gotten kind of bludgeoned by, um, time and erosion, right? Like the greens eroding and stuff like that. And then also just the equipment in the men's game is just kind of, reduced its viability uh, as a like a top tier course well, it's on my bucket list i'll stop mine that. too mm-hmm. but it's it's really the speeds to me like kyle you bring up the um what it was designed for and i think what you see in the u.s women's open is club head speeds that are more in line with the idea behind the design yeah. Uh, and so the rough plays a much bigger role than it will for the men's game uh the weather this is the thing with Pebble and the men's game uh, and really many seaside courses. They're very reliant on what you get with weather. Uh, and, and that is, as we saw at LACC, a dangerous thing for the men's <laughs> U.S. Open. Right. It, sure. it's, but it's there's a there is a big focus on score in the men's U.S. Open. And, and that doesn't get nearly as much attention in the U.S. Women's Open. So you're allowed to the USGA has much more flexibility with this event uh, in the way that they set it up uh, and what they allow players to do in the venues that they go to. Uh, all those things are a lot more open. And I think it makes it uh, really exciting instead of having an iconic venue be criticized for whatever the number of reasons are erosion or technology equipment or speeds, any of that stuff um, that that's all limited this week and taken away this week, which is cool. And, and then you have stars. Rose, uh, Rose Zhang is a star of the women's game. You have Nellie Corda, you have Michelle, Wee making her last U S open start. It's um, it's pretty cool. There's a lot of good storylines this week. Rose Zhang, Mark, is the favorite, as as has been mentioned. He, she That's is crazy. 10 to 1. By my count, she has played two events as a professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, so expectations are certainly not low. Well, look, she's, uh, she's one of the favorites as far as I'm concerned. Um, she's won big events before, but it's nothing like the magnitude of this stuff. But uh, I feel like she's probably the favorite because of how she came out. And then, of course, that she went to school for a few years just down the way in Stanford. So she's used to those Northern California, Parana, sort of a damp kind of a golf course. And so, yeah, I can I, I can see it on one hand. But on the other hand, I'm sure Nellie Corder would like a word. And I'm sure Jin Young Ko would like a word. So, I mean, it's 
yeah, yeah, I'm, it'll be some interesting betting to, to to say the least. But look, she's super impressive. I, 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 I would, I look forward to getting to see her play in person. With that being said, I'll, I'd like to see Nelly play in person as well. I haven't seen her play, so it, it's fascinating stuff for me right now. I mean, this would be like Ludwig being the favorite for the Open, Rick. I know it'd be wild. I mean, it would be insane. I got to tell you, last week in Detroit, Friday afternoon, oh my goodness, the world was making Ludwig Aberg the next greatest thing to Tiger Woods. I mean, you should have heard the conversation out there. Everyone was Ricky Bananas, obviously. But Ludwig Aberg was like the, the guy descended from on high with choirs of angels singing hallelujah. It was, it was <laughs> unbelievable how people were talking about him. I mean, I think that's how Luke Donald is viewing it. He might need him for... Uh... For uh, yeah, Rome here in a few months. I had a conversation with Luke Donald waiting for the elevator in the hotel, and I'm like, "So?" And he looked at me. He goes, "He's he's got a lot of te- he's got a lot of potential." He was pretty pragmatic about his answer to it, but yeah, I would. I'm I'm with you. He, he's he's awfully parable. I talked with him on Sunday morning. He's a super super nice chap. And uh, look, I mean, uh, I don't think it's. I think <laughs> the way he hits it is incredible. It truly is. But I was more impressed at the person that he was. And I know that sounds sort of trite, but, but you know, I, I think there was a lot more conversation than what, or what, what Luke was having to say about stuff, at least from what, from what my, my interactions were. Uh, did you see who Zach Johnson is scouting this week? First two rounds at the John Deere Classic. Uh, hopefully Russell Henley. No. Denny? Yes. Okay. Denny, Kucher, and Zach Johnson off the 10th tee at uh... – 8:40 Eastern Time in the morning on Thursday. I, w- I w- uh, you sure he's Vinny, not scouting Kucher? I mean, who knows? Debatable. Is this is this becoming a Radica podcast? Because I got to tell you, I'd said so off Sunday after Memorial. Denny McCarthy, the way he played on that Sunday around that golf course, I was like, wow, he was legit. I always knew Denny as kind of the good putter, but he freaking hit it on the button every single time. And but for a fade the drew on the 18th hole you might have a different champion over there he was really really impressive in tough conditions yeah the problem is you've got like 17 of those guys on the u.s side it's true. i think he's just gonna have to earn his way on is I, I, I don't know how he's gonna be a captain's pick with all the guys that are are there to be chosen but real quick let's put a capper on this uh on this so we're getting into Ryder cup I talk know, I, know. <laughs> I, know. I was trying to keep us on the rails here i know um, you were greg we will get plenty of pebble beach action here because it is going to host let's see the u.s women's open this year 2035 2040 2048 it will then also host uh, the U.S. Open 2027, 2032, 2037, 2044. So hope uh, I hope it doesn't erode too much because we, we got a lot of events scheduled. Yeah, a lot of events scheduled. I wonder when, you know, Gil Hans gets the call to go in there and do a little uh, remodel work, uh, restoration work, some kind of something like that. I would imagine that's going to happen at some point. Um, it, it's not my favorite thing that we know where the 2047 U.S. Open is going to be held. <laughs> that really, it, I don't think it's the right way to go about it. You know, you lock yourself into these situations that may or may not be uh, the best thing for your for your championship. And I know that history is important, um, and there's plenty of historic venues, and there's venues that become historic. Right, Tory Pines 
doesn't have a whole lot of history with U.S. Opens, but they've hosted two that have been absolutely phenomenal. And you know, you go back there at some point before now and then. That might be your marquee California venue uh, for a U.S. Open. You know, so things and history changes. And I just think when you extend yourself out that far, um, you know, you're well beyond the planning phase. Uh, you're you're you have enough time to plan if you limit this to you know, 15 years, 10 years. And even that would be a lot. I just, I think the game changes and evolves and you need to be flexible and you need to be able to uh, handle that so that you don't have to make poor decisions, rush decisions to try to save this championship or try to put on a great championship when you just made the decision so long ago, you're locked in. So I wish they wouldn't do that, but yeah, Pebble is a is a cool venue. I love the green complexes. I love that it's small. The holes on the water are phenomenal. Um, but we see it every we see it every year. Hey, Rick, so we know we're getting. When are the men going back to Pebble? What was the day? Twenty seven. There's nowhere that they can go without golf course. Uh, you cannot make it any longer. You th- there's no room to move teen grounds back whatsoever. What they kind of you know it's again a seaside golf course what they have to hope for let's think of tiger back uh, 2000 you know when he was the only guy under par it was firm and fast and i think next best if you look at the scores was ernie elson a gaggle of guys that like uh, maybe even or a couple over or whatever that case uh, the case might be was it 2000 yeah yes. and graham McDow- was graham mcdowell over par as well oh you guys are you guys are, are already Biting into my trivia game. Uh, Graham McDowell was even par when he won it in 2010. Even. Yeah. So, so, so that course, if it's short with the tiny greens and it's firm, it's a handful. But if you've had a, a, a moistish time leading in there, I don't care how the rough is, how long and how juicy it is, it's going to get, it's going to get shredded. I mean, well, what well, will have happened by 2027, Rick? Yeah. Erosion and global warming. The rolling back and rolling there back. we go. The, mo- the model local rule. Oof. There we go. I almost forgot. Uh, I forgot about that, Kyle. Good call. Then that's a good. Well, call. they better. They should add Marion back to the schedule. Actually, I think it is on the schedule. Twenty thirty. Yeah. I think it's the hundredth. Uh, the Bobby Jones hundredth anniversary. Twenty thirty, and I and I think uh, twenty is it twenty forty nine. I'm not. I'm not joking. I know you're not. I don't know. There's two. It, it might be 2050. Hey, listen, Greg. They got to have time to set up those corporate tents. I mean, there's. You can't have enough time to set that stuff be up. Floating in space by 2049. <laughs> right. I'll say. I mean, Pebble and Marion have more place to put corporate tents than Riviera does. While we're on this, they'll, they'll play that championship. Not- in virtual reality is where they'll be playing it. Space <laughs> won't matter. All if right. they if they can't push the the ball rollback through, I think the next best option is just to build some islands off the coast of Pebble and have some teen tea boxes out there. Sure, let's do. You it. could do that for eight. You could just just build an island. You said uh, one of the holes you have to tee off from Jim Nance's house. Sure, why not? Set it up that way. Uh, okay, so here's where I was going to go. So the U.S. Open, the men's uh, have the men have played there six times. I was going to say let's name let's name the winners, but we've already checked off Tiger Woods in 2000 and Graham McDowell in 2010, so we've got four left. Watson, Jack. Nicholas, Jack, and Tom Watson. Watson 82, Nicholas 72. Yeah, two Woodland. more. Gary Woodland, the most recent 2019, and Tom Kite. 
There you go. You guys, go. 1992. There you go. Those are your six. It's a legendary bunch of guys that are one around there. If you look at the, if you look at the role of honor, it's pretty good. Mm. Uh, Jack won obviously both the amateur and the U.S. Open there. Uh, you know who else won the amateur there? Victor. His name, Victor Hovland. Okay, uh, we will turn our attention to this week's uh, John Deere Classic. We'll give our best bets. We will reveal the one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are, number one, I think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. And we're back, the John Deere Classic. We are headed to Silvis. Greg, this is the final stop before the boys head over across the ponds and start getting their bodies acclimated, though I will tell you, many of them are already over there. Yes, many of them are, uh, which I, I like that play. If you're not looking to earn a spot into the open or you know hop on the – they still do the shuttle? Do they do a shuttle to the Scottish Open from here? I don't know if they do that or not anymore. Who foots the bill for that? Um, I got I, I can give you a few jokes if you want. No, the, 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 jet, the jet provided by the John Deere and the tour, and then the players pay a nominal fee per seat. So pretty cool. It's a pretty cool thing and a pretty cool storyline uh, story for, uh, for the John Deere. I, I like that aspect. It gives you a little bit of a, a leaderboard within a leaderboard. Um, but this is ultimately a cool golf course that I think um, it yields so many birdies, right? You're, you're going to have, like we had at the Travelers, you're going to have 59 watch again, probably on multiple occasions. Um, Paul Goido shot 59 here. And when he did, he only led, it was in the first round, I believe. And he only led by one Stringer. at the end of the day. Stricker the Stricker. Shot. You're right. Yeah. Stricker shot 60. So there's tons of birdie opportunities out here. There are tons of wedge shots into these greens. Um, and, and that's part of, you know, there's a big similarity to this in Travelers. Uh, without maybe the dramatic finish you get at Travelers, there's a lot of wedges. There's a lot of opportunities for guys to make birdies. Uh, and they do. And they ultimately go and, and tear it up. And then, you know, the other thing you add into the mix, which is pretty cool, is this is a different, a field full of different storylines, right? They're not the world number one. This isn't a largely, maybe except for Denny. It's not really a big Ryder Cup week. Uh, there's not a lot of decisions being made on that front, but everything starts really getting tied to FedEx Cup. And this now becomes crunch time. Like we were talking about beforehand, you, I mean, you got after this week, seven, seven, weeks until uh until the playoffs start and you have a much limited a very limited number of people getting into the playoffs there's a lot of guys in this field trying to start their big push for the playoffs you look at the top of the board mark russell henley four career pga tour wins cam young still looking for his first denny still looking for his first i think adam hadwin has one uh steven yeager zero ludwig zero 
Grillo has two, I believe, at this point. Adam Shank, zero. I mean, it's th that's the top of the board. Those are, those are the favorites. Not a lot of winning experience. So somebody's gonna somebody's likely to change the course of their career this week. Yeah, uh, sadly for John Deere, which they, they put on a sensational show every year, and I think TPC Deer Run is a fun golf course, even though it's always damp and, and it gets sort of manhandled. The course is always sort of like middle tier, if you will. Um, but, uh, you know, I've been on broadcast before where you have the production meetings, and then it's like, oh, my goodness, where's the star power? But, you know, then there's a story like Jordan Spieth holding a bunker shot, which was the signal and the, the catalyst for – what's become a hall of fame career. So there's a lot of that sort of stuff going on too. But Yara, as far as, uh, as far as the top of the board goes, I think there's some fascinating stories. Um, you know, Russell Henley has been had grandparents that have been battling illness. Cameron Young is battling his putter. Um, and then, then you got, so you got, you got a few guys there at the top of the leaderboard too, like a, a Denny or someone that, that have got a point to prove. So look, is it going to probably drive the ratings like, the last few weeks, I mean, even last week, really, with Ricky, I haven't seen the numbers, but when Ricky got into contention and all of, a, all of a sudden Colin showed up there, I'm sure the numbers were pretty good, even though the thing was live to tape. So um, it's it's going to be a fun event. To me, it's, it's, it, it is one of the fun places I, I get to go to. I saw last week, I think it was one down 1% 1 from last year, but that was on tape delay, which is yeah. obviously a big a big issue, but that, I think the streaming numbers they said were, they said were pretty good. I didn't, I didn't get to see what it was. Um, KP, what are you most looking forward to this week? Is it a golfer trying to break through? Is it a bunch of guys who are just on the outside of the top 70? Is it something different? I think it's Ludwig. Mm. I mean, I, I think that he, <clears throat> yeah, Cam Young's interesting too. We can talk about him if, if we want here in a minute. But yeah, I think I think listen, like the 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 story of somebody like JP Poston getting his you know getting a win, like like what happened last year. That's it's great. It, it's it's very cool. And if that happens, it'll be very cool. But I think going in, it, it's it's Ludwig trying to make the Ryder Cup team. It's Ludwig you know, can he be Spieth in 13 is, can he be Bryson in 17 or when Bryson won here, there, there's a lot of like breakout potential for him and opportunity for him over the next two months, starting with, well, it probably started two weeks ago, but continuing with this week. How about this for an all time double, Greg parlay, Ludwig to win the John Deere and Rose to win the U.S. Women's Open. Not only will everyone's head explode, but you can get 340 to one on that. So really, hundred bucks to win thirty-four thousand one hundred dollars. Wow, life changing That's... for you know. I mean, I guess there'd be three people changing <laughs> yeah. their lives. Roses, Ludwig's, and mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Ludwig that seems that seems long. Well, Ludwig's 30 to 1 and Rose is 10 to 1. Yeah. Okay. While we're talking about Ludwig, help me figure out where he is on the Ryder Cup rankings right now, the European rankings. Somewhere in the general vicinity. I'll find I'll find that for you while he while Greg made, talks. Really is well down the list. Oh, okay. well it won't it won't matter when he's Luke Donald's first pick. 
Yeah. <laughs> he's not going to have any um, any European points. Right, so how they do it where the, the guys on the European points list get the first four spots and then the next four go to or maybe it's three now. Um, but it used to be four on the world side that weren't already qualified. So it's it's three and three now. That would make sense. Um, so he's he's unranked on the European side, obviously. Right. Right. And then he's he's hundred and thirty sixth on the world side. Uh, you have to jump over a lot of human beings to get there. That's yeah. Well, I mean, he's also been a pro for like four weeks. Exactly. Yeah. And he's shown really good stuff. I mean, <laughs> he hasn't quite had the major contention, you know, like a real chance to win, but he's been really steady, really impressive. It definitely belongs as a professional. I'm not sure he belongs on a Ryder Cup team just yet. Yeah, I'm uh, not, but a win this week would go a long way. Yeah, surely. I, I'm not trying to be the black cloud yet because, again, I walked past the guy and I was like, whoa. Um, but it's it's a long way to go for Captain Donald to go and fetch him because when is when when are the when are the final picks announced for that crowd? Another year is after the Tour Championship, right? Yeah, I, I don't BM, know about. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, points end after BMW. Yeah, I think he's going to be on the team. You think he should be on the team? Like if if you is it valuable to get somebody like that into the into the system? Yeah, yeah. I think his I think I think his his ceiling is just so high. And there's we uh, Rick and I talked about this the other day. They're so they're so bad at the bottom that you're just you're not you're not missing anything by um, by taking him over like a. Aaron Rye or a Steven Yeager, you know, Moronk or somebody like that. If you believe in his ceiling and I do, and I think most people on the European side do as well. I had something else for you, Greg. I'm trying to think of what it was. Mm, I don't remember. Sorry. I was going to follow up something you said, and then I got sidetracked and now I don't know what it is, but Okay, so we'll keep an eye on Ludwig. We'll keep an eye on uh, how he plays this week. And I think we'll jump over to our, our bets. Are we ready for that, Josh? Do we have that? How about this? How about we do the bets in the one and done after a quick break? And we're back. So Josh has been so kind to give us $100 to take over to Caesar Sportsbook. And we separated out with a $50 matchup of our choice, a $30 finishing position of our choice, and two separate $10 outrights. And it looks something like this. We will start with our matchup wagers for this week. Mark, you scoured the whole site. What would you find? Matchups, I'm going with a guy that's won earlier this year. I was, I've always been impressed with the way he hits it, but his putting has been tremendous, and he's played well here before, and he's going up against a guy who always hits it well, but really is struggling to find the hole right now in Cam Young. So give me Emiliano Grillo over Cam Young, plus 105. Uh, that is Grillo over Cam Young. KP, where are you headed? Uh, Eric Cole over Steven Yeager. Eric Cole's been playing... Really good golf, and I like that he's plus money against Steven Yeager here. Yes, he is. I went with a guy who is flushing it, Ches Reeve over Ryan Palmer. A little bit worried, but these two, uh, I don't have to worry about bombing it around this place. These two are going to be playing uh, from the middle of the fairway and on the short side. Greg? Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. All that conversation. 
about Ludwig and you said, forget about it. I got somebody to beat him. Yeah. Adam Shank, I think will beat Ludwig this week. Adam Shank's been playing some really good golf. And if you look at the results, they've been, they may appear to be a little inconsistent. You know, he's missed some cuts and he's contended in some weeks. I just, I get the sense that Adam Shank is really um, chomping at the bit and really feeling ready to win on the PGA tour. And I, I think Ludwig is very close to that. I, I don't know if he's quite there. Um, last couple of weeks, he's lost strokes approaching the green. I know he's got the driver on an absolute string, um, but but that iron play has not been up to the level of Adam Shank. Uh, and these guys at minus 110, they're both minus 110. And I think Shank's just a little farther along and ready. I think he's really going to contend. Doesn't mean I think Ludwig is going to play poorly. I just... I, I think um, we're looking at a, you know, a top 25 out of Ludwig. And I think we're, we're looking at real contention with Adam Shank, as you'll see going forward. Mm. Review over Palmer, Shank over Aberg, Cole over Jaeger, Grillo over Young for the matchups. Greg, I'll bounce it right back to you. Any finishing position in the whole world that you want, what'd you find? Yeah, I love Callum Terran this week for a top 30. Um, and a couple reasons for that. He has been, I, I think, starting to find his way a little bit. Uh, a guy who's a really, really good ball striker. But two weeks ago, he gained over 10 strokes uh, ball striking. Now, he lost a lot of it on the greens. And he really struggled with the with the putting. But um, but I think that Callum Terran is the kind of guy who's safe because his ball striking is so good and so solid. Uh, and and he did have a really nice run here last year, finished tied sixth here last year. So I look for him to uh, repeat with a really nice performance. And I like it at a uh, at plus 170. Yeah, certainly did play well here last year. Mark, you got a top 40 wager. Who is it, please? I went with my homeboy, Garrick Hego. Um, last week, he, he and his caddy were packing up to go home on Friday evening. Then he got a call from his caddy saying, no, buddy, four gets in. And uh, then over the weekend, he played sort of early, but he felt like he was playing well. And so I went and spent some time with him on the range Sunday morning. And he said, hey, I need some good vibes. You know, I feel like I'm playing well. Uh, now, backstory to that is when he won at Congaree, I saw him earlier in the week. I'm like, Listen, you look good. Really, this place suits you. And he goes ahead and wins. So he goes, hey, tell me something about me. I'm, I'm like, well, believe in yourself. Go play. He goes, okay, I'm on my way to Moline. So I'm believing that Higo is full of confidence. And the, num the number at 115 plus 115 is a little low, but I feel like top, top, top 40 is uh, pretty easy for him right now. Top 40 for Higo. I went with a guy who's won this event before and finally, for the first time in his life, putted well last week. Luke Glover, <laughs> top 30 plus 140. He's using the broomstick, Kyle. A couple events now. He's using, he's using the broomstick. It hasn't always been pretty, but me, I'm hoping he's had himself a breakthrough. He is, and I learned that that's his best putting performance since the 2021 Honda Classic on the Rick Run Good newsletter this week. That is correct. Ah. RickRunGood.com slash newsletter. It's free. It's yeah. There you go. He Watch mentioned his right hand. He goes, the way his right hand is moving during the stroke, he goes, he's never, ever felt that before in his life. Yeah. Go well, on. that's a good thing. Yeah, exactly. No, no kidding. He goes, it just feels so different because it's always been so active and electric down there. So it's, yeah, it is a good thing. <laughs> active and electric uh, i've got ludwig top 20 uh yeah i just i think he's i'm in let's get let's get a win this week mark which one of these bets will you come on here friday night and tell us how excited you are and 
half victory lap. Which which one is most likely to to burn you this week? Ludwig let me down last week. He really did. I mean, he, he was looking all the part. Then we got close to the finish line and he shot, over, what was it, over par on the weekend or something? Yeah. 72, um, 73 or something? Or one over. One over. Yeah, well, it was over par. And par, well, I sound like Bryson. Par was like 68 around that place. Uh -huh. um, so you're, you're advocating for strokes gained right now, Mark. <laughs> okay. I'll stop. Um, <laughs> which one? Uh, I don't know. Probably the Higo bet. <laughs> okay well we'll keep an eye out for that let's uh fire two more outright wagers here mark you go first i'm completely on board with greg um i think adam shank is playing beautifully right now i watched him play hits this tumbly beautiful draw uh, he just seems like he's so okay with himself and uh he's played well at this place before uh, i think he's had a couple top tens so i love him at plus three thousand and then taylor moore i mean i I, I went and spent a lot of time with him in preparation. I was just watching, talking with him, and and he's just so full of swagger. You know, the the, the self-confidence, he's, he's sort of quietly so, but he, he believes he's got all the shots. He was hitting some shots around the pitching greens, and I was like, whoa. And, and so it's, he's just a really, really sound player who played nicely last week, and but for one or two holes, I think it could have been different. And he's won before. So Taylor Moore, who too, in his first go-around here last year, played pretty solid. So I think that both of them carry on the form from Detroit in similar sort of conditions. Yeah. 30 and 35 to one, Greg, you've also got Adam Shank on your card and a different name. Yep. I, uh, so love Shank, obviously talked about that a little bit earlier, Mark, you were right on the button. It's a, he's got two top six finishes here in four starts. Uh, Danny McCarthy is the other guy that I like, and I know he's, not the favorite, second favorite in the field so far this week. Uh, but there's a good reason for it. I mean, like Mark said earlier, known to be the best putter on the PGA Tour, but the ball striking is really starting to match up, and you're seeing it in the results. It's three straight top 20s. It's the easy way to say it, but you also have a runner-up at the Memorial and a, a tied seventh at the Travelers after a really tough Saturday. So he, both these guys, Adam Shank and Danny McCarthy, to me, are really chomping at the bit. I think their games fit these golf courses. Their iron play has been very good in recent weeks in the last two months. And so is their putting. Uh, and it, it feels like these two guys are ready to change their career this week. Shank and Denny for Greg Grillo and Jaeger for myself. We've kind of talked about this. Jaeger is weird because he plays every week, three, three rounds really well. And he just punts one away. And I'm, I'm I think it's a little bit easier to clean up that one bad round uh, than to do the opposite. So KP round us out here with a couple of outright wagers. Yep. Russell Henley, 14 to one. He's playing so well. I mean, he's just a top 15 machine right now and he's doing it in us open elevated event. I mean, he he's, this is, this is definitely a step down from where he's been competing at. And then Lucas Glover wanted a couple of years ago. He was, I mean, if he puts even halfway like he did last week, then he's going to be like truly in the mix on Saturday, Sunday. So I'm, I'm excited about that, especially at 50 to one. Yes. So that is Grillo, Jaeger, McCarthy, Shank, Shank, Glover, Henley, Moore, eight outrights for the four of us. And then we put a little bit of a cherry on top with our best bet. Anything we want 50 bucks on it. Mark, you and I found the same exact wager. Do you want to tell the people what it was? No, nah, I got to tell you first off. <laughs> I, 
Peter Quest, I saw him the first time as a collegian when he played in the Palmer Cup against my team. And he was grouped with uh, John Augustine at the time, and everyone was singing John Augustine's praises. And I thought Peter Quest made John Augustine look downright average. Yeah, so John goes on and he wins the U.S. Amateur, but I don't know, I'm not so sure where he is right now. And yeah, shows up Quest. And so I went and said hello on the range and I put the video of his golf swing on my Instagram account. This freaking child is good. I mean, the way he hits it. He hit a tee shot down 17. I was on 16, I think, at the time there because the holes run parallel to each other. And this thing just took off like a homesick angel. And it was like way down there because I could see where the landing area was in the fairway. And he hit an iron into this par 5 17. And Trev tells me afterwards, my brother, he goes, that thing launched at 187 miles an hour. And he didn't even look like it was he was breaking a sweat. So anyway, so that's driver speed and stuff. But he's just so, his mind is so quiet. Yeah, he doesn't look phased about stuff. And um, he is he is a really sound player. So top uh, 40, plus 140, I was all over that. Yeah, same thing. He's very close to uh, special temporary membership status as well. Almost, almost grabbed it last week. Probably gets it done this week, uh, hopefully, at the John Deere. All right, Greg. Oh, this is a fun one. It's it's C.A. Young, but not not that one, the other one. Not Cam, Carson. Yeah, he and he's had my attention really for quite a while. I'd say over the last 10 weeks or so. Um, in, the la- in eight out of his last nine events, Carson Young has gained strokes approaching the green. Uh, and in nine of nine, he's gained strokes putting. And, you know, in an event like this, in a birdie fest, these are the two most important areas that, that I look for. What are you doing with your iron play? Are you able to hit it close and give yourself opportunities? And can you roll it in? And these events can really turn into a putting contest pretty quickly. Uh, and and I think Carson Young can get himself into the putting contest. And I think he can hang. So I like him at plus 200 for a top 30. Again, I just I think he's a much better player than... Uh, than the odds show and have showed lately, than DraftKings pricing has shown, uh, the attention he's gotten is understandably low. Uh, but I think he's a much better player than all of that replicates. So I think he's good for a top 30 this week. We've got two top 40s. We've got a top 30. And KP, you found a top 20, please. Russell Henley, top 20. This is what he's been doing at worst events. Uh, T11 and second in his last two starts at TPC Deer Run. It's a bad number, obviously, because he's the favorite, but uh, I really, really like him this week. All right. Minus 115 indeed. Now, gents, one just final thing to do here. It's our one and done reveal. Oh, there it is. Uh, A heavy dose of Denny McCarthy. That goes for Kyle and Patrick and Greg and Kyle M. So Greg, uh, you will at least hold off Patrick and Kyle for the time being. You will have an opportunity to make up, uh, make up ground on the leader. Yes. Which I need, uh, I, I really need to make up a little ground. I'm getting closer inching my way in. It's been a quality season, even though I'm in, you know, seventh, what seventh place, fifth, sixth place. Uh, which is disappointing. So I'm looking to make a, a move up the board. And like I said about Shank and Danny, they are, I think, really chomping at the bit to earn a win here. Um, and this is a perfect spot for it. So 
think about the connections between Denny McCarthy and Steve Stricker and Zach Johnson and some of the other players, Jordan Spieth, who have had success here, who are just great putters. Uh, Denny McCarthy fits that mold. This would be a great spot for his first win. Yeah, KP, I, you know, remove all the strategy and all the numbers and all that stuff. It, you look at this, you have to like Denny, Denny McCarthy's chances of winning this golf tournament. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this reminds me of, was it uh, Sung Jae was the favorite at Honda and nobody picked him? Do you remember that? I think it was, I think it was Sung Jae. And that's what I thought was going to happen this week is I was like, oh, I got Denny left. Nobody else is going to pick him because that's what you know that's i feel like it's happened multiple times this year where you had a clear favorite and nobody picked him because everybody got in their own head and finally i was going to be the only guy that did so and then (laughs) everybody else did also so but it's he's going to be in the top he's he's going to have a great week so it's still a worthy pick Sia and the fans have gone with russell henley i've gone with adam hadwin i am in there by myself i just said I think a lot of the top five or six guys are pretty similar. Give me somebody that I don't think anybody's going to play. So I've got Adam Hadwin and Mark, you at the top of the board with one of my picks to win by yourself. Who did you choose for this week? Well, open disclosure, I had had Brian Harmon lined up for this thing, according to my pre uh, season plans. And Almost, I, I didn't see his name in the field. Uh, I, I don't. I'm not sure why uh, he's not playing because this is like, um, uh, it's it's like a, a personal playground for him. The way the golf course fits his record around here. But anyhow, um, I would happily replace Harmon with Emiliano Grillo. Uh, finished second in debut here last year, led the field in greens and regulation. Um, I, I think I, I saw some number ways proximity was off the charts as well. And then when I, I, I called him playing there at Colonial when he won, and he held off Adam Shank, who then got my attention when I didn't see Harmon because I was thinking about Adam Shank as well. I just was like, a, it was a coin flip for me between he and Shank. And I'm like, well, look, he won against Shank, so why not just go with Grillo? And, and I, I'm really enjoying my pick, to be honest with you. Emiliano off at 10.54 a.m. That's Pacific time, sorry. So that would be 2.54 p.m. Eastern time with Nick Taylor and Sepp Straka. That is Mark at 16.5 million with Emiliano Grillo. Kyle M at 14.7 with Denny McCarthy. The fans, 14.2. Russell Henley, Adam Hadwin for Rick, 13.7. Sia, 12.4. Russell Henley, Greg, 10.8. Denny McCarthy, Patrick, 9.0. Denny McCarthy, Kyle, 8.7. Denny McCarthy. Jens, anything else before we uh, put a bow on it, get out of here, call it a day? I'm looking forward to it. I love watching I, I love watching these uh, birdie fests every once in a while. Uh, this is a classic, the John Deere classic. But it's a classic birdie fest. It's always entertaining to watch. So I, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, you know, that's that's actually a good call because you look at you got this week and last week was the same thing. And then you've got two weeks over in the in the United Kingdom, and then you come back to the 3M, and it's the same sort of thing where it's a fun golf course. Guys get after it a little bit, and so yeah, it's a, it's some different golf because then after then, well, look, they get after Wyndham some, but then the three playoff golf courses in Olympia Fields, Sedgefield, uh, um, Southwind, and Eastlake are hard. So you've got a nice sort of change up between birdie fests and and grinds, and it's it's going to be a fun race to the finish. 
Anything you'd like to get off your chest, Kyle, before we get out of here? Sorry, Zach Johnson cut my feed. He said the Ludwig talk has gone too far. We don't need any more of it. Uh, no, I, I'm excited about this weekend. U.S. Women's Open is going to be awesome. Prime time. I, I, it's a it's a rare thing where there's a golf event in prime time that I don't really have to cover super closely. I might write about it some, but I'm just I'm looking forward to just enjoying watching that and not necessarily having to that's a good point dive incredibly deep on what's going on that's a good point yeah yeah it'll be fun you'll be tweeting watch as a fan a little bit yeah with the kids my daughter was excited that the the women will be on this week i mean on in prime time this weekend so it'll be good so if you got the kids around do you still tweet live tweet oh yeah I, I i've saved some thoughts for fire them off when they go to bed yeah oh, okay. you don't let them take over for like you know take over for an hour no no that would <laughs> it'd just be emojis and it'd be a disaster <laughs> it'd be face face they'd be like filming themselves it'd, it'd be <laughs> nobody nobody wants that it'd just be gritties for an hour oh uh, yes i saw a tweet the other day somebody's kid grittied through tsa at the airport <laughs> did he, did, are you allowed to gritty through TSA? I mean, it's it's going to go on my newsletter this week. It's an extraordinary feat. It might have never been accomplished before. It arguably might be the first ever <laughs> gritty. Gritty through TSA. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we'll be back uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday to discuss all things uh, John Deere, U.S. Women's. I mean, it'll be on while we're going. It'll be pretty sick. So looking forward to it. Big thanks, producer Josh, is all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman, available on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Greg Ducharme at The Real GFD. Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time. 